0: Welcome to the Appalachian Timber Ghost Outdoor Adventures Podcast. We're going to talk hunting, fishing, and everything outdoors. So pull up a seat and enjoy our campfire stories. Thanks for joining us. Hey guys, thanks for joining me again. It's much appreciated. Wanted to start out with my shout outs. Told you guys I was going to be doing this. So in the past week we've had Montreal, Canada. Dallas, Texas checking in again, Louisville, Kentucky, Denham Springs, Uh, Louisiana, Littleton, Colorado, Smiths, Station, Alabama, and Leeds, Alabama. Much appreciated, guys. I'm flattered, man. Uh, For a small little podcast like myself, it's great to see you guys checking in and uh, joining me. So uh, if you guys joined me last week, I was talking about striper fishing, and uh, I found some interesting leads on that. I, you know, I was confused on where I'd seen that article on Facebook, but um, I started doing some digging, and I found out a little bit of information. The part on New York is a little bit, um kind of fuzzy i guess because i I did find that post and as far as i know there probably is some truth to it um because of the fact as you guys knew i hunted seek a deer down in maryland last year and i get the dnr um emails all the time so they were talking about the striper this year so it was very interesting that I guess, you know, because I don't fish down in Maryland. Um basically what I found out is Maryland's been doing this I guess since last year, so the regulations haven't changed. However, um the seasons are broken up into different waves they call them. Like for instance, uh if you guys know about estuaries, they're like the uh, offshoots of the ocean. They're like a mixture of salt and fresh water. Um, usually like marsh, tidal marsh. But um, like 2022 for the Chesapeake Bay and its tidal, tidal tributaries, um, they have these different waves. And I was very interested um because it says we open may 16th through july 15th all areas will be closed to any targeting of striped bass from july 16th through july 31st and reopen at august 1st through december 10th so um i was looking at the chesapeake bay and actually the place where i went to seek a deer hunting which is on the black river which you know from what i understood especially for uh you know the um, what do you call it? Snakeheads, I guess. A lot of great fishing down there, but I guess the, sa- uh, the salmon. Sorry about that. I guess the stripers they run up in there, and a good portion. I checked out the maps, and a good portion of that, yeah, uh, you can't fish it. I mean, there's certain you know certain times of the year, where they're allowing you to catch and release, so you want a better you know uh understanding of the map i could put it up on my instagram or my facebook appalachian timber ghost outdoor adventures um because it comes out of the maryland department of natural resources and i'm sure you can look it up there this just came out uh, this article um, came out april 2nd so it was really interesting to look at the different areas and like the, the more you go up into the fingers of these rivers and um, you're pretty much banned from targeting uh, Striper. Um, So it's interesting because then I went back to find this thing I was telling you about for New York. And it was a vote, I guess, that was going on. So it was like one of them was option B, effort controls, seasonal closures. Uh, state specific two week no targeting closures. All recreational targeting prohibited. State select. See, that's the, where, where I'm getting this. I'm, I think this might be a multi-state thing that's going on. Because um, I did sit in on a uh, Zoom meeting with back country Hunters and anglers, and they they talked about this. Um, but basically, here they talk about all recreational harvest of striped bass will be prohibited during waves one and two, January through April, in spawning areas, Chesapeake Bay, Delaware River, and Bay, Hudson River, Kennebec River. States bordering these areas will determine the boundaries of closures. Then they have B2B, which is all recreational targeting of striped bass would be prohibited for a minimum two-week period on all spawning grounds, not necessarily the entire spawning area, during Wave 2, March through April, or Wave 3, May through June as determined by states to align with peak spawning states will determine the boundaries of spawning ground closures and they talk about a board could choose so um i think this like i said might be a multi state thing going on here but it's funny because like I, I was saying last week you know it would affect us cuz depending on when the wave falls that's when they're in the river <laughs> you know and also, like I said last time, it it might be a burden to us right now, but you know, for us to keep going the way we are, if there is problems with the striped bass, which I get, um, there could be closures of full seasons. At, you know, period. Um, that would really suck. But it was interesting because it seemed like Chesapeake's already doing this. And I'll be getting into the crab thing eventually too because um, last year I did a little thing on the crabs and just within a short period of time after I brought my bought my cra- uh, crab pot, regulations had changed in Massachusetts where you couldn't use it anymore. Um, you basically had to sit by your, you know, like it had to be a collapsible and you had to just bring them up. You had to stand by them and you couldn't let them soak. But the striped, you know, bass, uh, it's firing up here, you know. We had another six inches of snow. Um, I mean, it melted off quick because of the temperature, you know. But we still have snow in the lawn, and we had a ton of rain this week again. And since the last podcast, it's just the same deal. Um, rivers are like chocolate. Uh, streams, same deal. They're just, they're raging. Um, but tomorrow i will be striper fishing this just in <laughs> um funny story too uh permissions man i think i've talked about these in on podcasts before um i utilized onyx maps and even you can go on the uh, gis you know maps for towns somebody was asking um on a striper group that i'm in 518 stripers i believe fishing is called about where's good places to fish for stripers now eric who i've talked on said something i mean it's so true he just said uh anywhere public (laughs) i mean as long as you can get to the river man you're in pretty good shape i mean that's the bottom line i was able to secure um private property on the river through a friend of mine much i'm uh, really grateful i just actually text her and i'm good to go once again and the best part is uh you know i worry i do worry about where i'm at because um, you know as as it goes like once the tide goes down it's fair game you know people don't own past the high tide point um But, you know, I I sat and wondered about, like, if somebody did encroach on my spot, she does own a house down the road, which she said she wasn't sure how the fishing would be, but I was more than welcome to fish that as well. So I'm probably going to ask about that just in case people do decide they want to, like, they see where I'm at and one thing leads to another. However, the parking is private property so it, it, it'd it be interesting I, I don't want to have to go down that road like last year I had nobody bother me um, the police do patrol it and you know there was no issues so but that's the little update I wanted to give you guys on the uh, striper thing because depending on where you live especially up here in the Northeast uh, you could be affected by that um, And like I said, the waves are going to be interesting because, you know, if they do it during the times where, like, that's the good striper runs, that kind of sucks. But at the same time, as a conservationist, you got to put on your conservation hat. Say it's for the best, you know, and just go with the flow. Because, you know, let's face it, I know last year... Um, I did a podcast, and one of my... I haven't done that in a while, actually, but I do the ENCON officer highlights. And there was a lot of poaching going on, man. I think I even had one of them, not only the stripers, but the herring up in, in the, uh, you know, the creeks, man. <laughs> People were going up in the creeks and getting herring because they were going up in there. Um, Not good. So we kind of, you know... I hate to say ruin it ourselves because most of us are law-abiding citizens, but between sketchy dudes and you know overfishing I mean we're targeting let's let's get it you know it's funny too because there's been a lot of chatter on some of these fishing groups about you know like trout you know about people playing with them and haters gonna hate <laughs> I talked about the negativity. But it was funny because uh, there was some irony with a, a post I had seen. This girl had caught this beautiful trout and she was like caught and released. And you could see the blood coming out of the gill plate. And uh, now like Curiosity killed me. I went right to the, the, the comments and a lot of people called her out on that. And that's the thing. like If you let it back into the stream, like it probably washed down and died. Like, one guy did say, and I gave him a like on it. He was like, you should have just kept it and ate it. <laughs> you know? Because he said, you know, he brought up the blood. And, uh... Not to be one of the haters, but I had to fully agree. Because that did catch my eye with the whole catch and release, like, in big letters above the post. And then look at the fish and it bleeding from the gill plate. <laughs> so I was like, yeah, you caught and released it, but you probably killed the fish. So... But like I said, haters going to hate. Um shade actually, to one of the administrators on a kayak group I'm in. Um, some people just being brutal to a guy who did a modification to his kayak. And it wasn't bad, actually. I was actually... But that just goes to show you. I mean, you could do everything right and people are just going to talk the talk. But, uh... You know, usually you don't see the administrators stick up too often, and this guy said, like any post like that, I will delete you from the group, never be back. And I thought that was kind of cool because the one thing I was enjoying the group because it was a lot of positive things with like people cheering people on, and you know, I posted something in uh, I think it was like a fishing, an ice fishing hub modification group, and I showed my jet sled. Now, like I said, I've got a lot of views on my jet sled thing, but there was one guy, like you know, puts up the laughing thing, and I, there was a there was a comment, but you know what? As the guys in my McGun club would say, leave your feelings at home, <laughs> you know. So you just got to brush it off because it's just like out of that that one guy, but out of a thousand people, you know, that might have watched the videos or a couple thousand, you know, people are enjoying it, and they, I obviously intrigued them enough where they're gonna you know check out my video and uh, the irony i was starting to see some of the designs come out on the uh on jet slides so that was really cool you know um i was like thinking to myself i wonder if they got the idea from my video because i utilized some of the uh aluminum framing from tiny boat nation uh that was another podcast i did with michael lopez um, that dude's just, they're building some sick boats out of, uh, John boats and, you know, little skiff kind of, you know, bass trackers. Um, and that's another thing I gotta get back onto, uh, is I stripped my boat down, but I, I did actually do the framing. I got to do some of the woodwork and the carpeting and the rod lockers and stuff, but I kinda of put it on hold last year to get back into fishing a little bit more. So that was kinda of cool. Excuse me here while I have a sip off my black rifle coffee. Getting a little parched. Yeah, drinking black rifle coffee, Blackbeard's Delight. Um it's a dark roast with a hint of bakery chocolate. Or baker's chocolate, I think it. Really good coffee though. Joined up the uh, the subscription club for them. Get my coffee delivered. Gotta support the veterans, you know what I'm saying? But going back to the permission thing, um you know, I utilized on X maps and uh it's funny, you know, if you hate to date myself like this but remember back in the day we had phone books and uh, I had this app it's called white pages that's another thing when I look at the property I could find the person's phone number usually a lot of I'll be honest with you I don't even think (laughs) I've called a lot of people Uh, I don't even think I got one response on the on the telephone but you know if you don't try you're not gonna know, um, because that's half the battle. Uh, years ago, I had actually uh, was driving by this. And I saw I do uh, security work on a dam, and one day I'm going down. There's this old timer, and I always saw a turkey in his fields. And I was like, you know what, I'm just pulling over here and I pulled over and the guy you could tell he was looking at me weird when I was walking up to him. You just never know what you're gonna get. And I said, How you doing, sir? I introduced him and I myself to him and I told him, you know, I was coming from work where I worked, and uh I asked him if I could turkey hunt and he was like silent and almost looking at me like, This dude's crazy And with a short pause he was like, Sure, why not? <laughs> But then he went quickly into telling me about, you know, to not ask him to hunt deer because I guess he leased the property out to a gun club. But it was really cool. Um, Unfortunately, I did find out the hard way that during May we get some good, good rain up here. And in the Catskills, because there's so many mountains and like watersheds, the creeks, they get high. So the first morning I had birds out didn't get a crack at him, but they were down at nice tom's hands uh it rained that night but rain ended and i got out to this field now i knew the creek was going to be up so i wore waders um well not waders technically but like like hip waders and i got out now i knew in the dark that i was kind of still in the field but my the water was already up to my knees and I, I was just like you know what knowing how deep it was when it was just the water was running normally i knew it was sketchy and i just i didn't didn't do it so i set up because the creek separated two fields and uh I was just like screw it man so I'll set up and maybe they'll come across the creek I had this Tom right at the other side of the creek behind the (laughs) hedgerow back and forth back and forth but he would not cross the water and uh, that was the last time I hunted that property because every year I noticed in May like the rains would come and even though it would be good for the next morning with the weather the creeks were just so high I really couldn't access the field and I figured You know, it would probably still happen again with what happened that one year with the birds. that did not want to cross the stream. But, like I said, you know, utilize the Onyx maps for the uh, permissions. Because even for fishing, you know, it worked out well for me. Um, One thing, like, you know, Eric was right about the public. You know, you go to the public spots and you can fish. And you'll catch fish. But, you know, you're dealing with people. And the one thing I was really lucky last year is I didn't have to deal with any people. Um. I actually did, before I found the spot, I was down in one of the, uh, like a boat launching in in a town down by me. And uh, there was young kids hanging out and let's just say it was like... It was crazy, you know, like the kids were firing up each other, like almost to the point where there was going to be a fight, and I was just like, it was not relaxing, <laughs> you know, it was like, I was just, you know, I felt like it was in the hood, <laughs> like, but it was a beautiful little park, but unfortunately people can go there, you know, and all walks of life, so, um, I didn't return, but I know for a couple years before that, when I first moved up to the Catskills, I struggled. I would I drove like oh my god a lot of the river down these side roads like up against the river and a lot of places you just can't access either they're they're private or you probably could park but the to get the access from the road was brutal you know like cattails and marsh and just stuff to get to go out to fish and it it's just I don't know you'd need like a boat this was brutal. But I was I was really happy to land the permission again and uh you know, it should make for a good time and hopefully I can catch some fish. You know, I'm ready. I saw Eric he did catch some herring yesterday and like I said last week a buddy of mine Teddy. He told me that the herring are in the river. It might have been down south a little bit more, but I know Eric was catching catching the herring. Um I didn't see any fish pictures though. But he did say the wind the wind was brutal because we were getting that storm coming in that big snowstorm we had last night in April. But uh you know, he said the water was really really just dirty. He said he could barely see the uh the herring when he was scapping them up. So, it should be interesting. I'm just gonna be happy to be out in the river. I'll take a catfish, man. Let me tell you, I can go for some Cajun catfish right about now. I know people are always like, "Ugh, I don't know how you eat them out of there—the PCBs and you know, bottom feeding fish." And... But as long as you're not eating them every day with the mercury and all that jazz, who cares? You know what's funny? Now I'm thinking about it. Let me uh, let me look something up here one of my episodes, I don't know if I brought it up. But, there was something I was looking about the Mercury. Um, I think it was out of Kansas. Let me see. Because this was really wild. They had it broken down. Nope. This, uh, you know, this one I might have to do as well. Live imaging. I gotta find this, man. I might not find it. But they, uh... I'll have to look it up. They were talking about, you know, the mercury and fish, and uh, they were talking about like as the like I don't want to say food chain, but as like the the fish pick up the mercury, and then other fish would eat the fish. I guess the parts of mercury. Increase it was, re- it was really wild. I wish I could find this thing. Um, man, I'm trying to find it here, so I, I apologize about like the silence, but it was just really, really good. I don't know but it was a breakdown on how like by the time it gets to humans like the the mercury is increased so it was pretty wild how uh, the chain the food chain played into how the mercury gets more intense as it goes through the food chain and like we're probably eating I mean, granted, like I said, if you're not eating it all the time, you should be fine, but as it goes up, it's like it gets, the the mercury gets higher in the, in the fish meat. You know, they've talked about it even with, uh, I think it is the catfish, where you're going to cut out like the belly fat, I believe it is. They say that's where a lot of it sits, all the bad stuff. So I thought about sort of this really cool thing I I was gonna use for ice fishing for bait. I guess it works really good with the pike and the muskies. It's like a a wire and the the uh, you guys probably know about this. I never knew about it. Um, it's a wire with the hook on it, and it's it's only got two hooks. And the way you put it on, you use a needle and you thread it up the backbone of the fish, the the bait, and it sits like on either side of the back, so like it, it can't rip the the bait off the hook. Um, but the funny thing was, I was thinking about it with herring, if we could, if I could make something with like a even little fishing line, man. We take the circle hook and you run it up through the herring. See, the thing is, I don't know if the mortality of the herring, because sometimes, like, I know the uh, the ruby reds or whatever, they, they're supposed to be a really hardy fish, and even the suckers. Where, like you, The guy told me, he goes, you can set these things up the night before and they'll swim around with the hook in them. I was like, well, that's hardcore. I don't know about the uh, mortality of the herring, but I was thinking to myself, man, that would be awesome because granted you couldn't have a regular hook but if you could hook a circle hook to it and run it up through the herring it would be awesome but we'll see um... back to the old kayak so i've been tossing around my bait live well and i think i'm getting pretty close to start rocking and rolling on that thing pretty much got the bait bucket that i want to install got some good ideas the biggest thing though is uh where i want to mount it because um, the thing is it, i don't want it to be where my feet are at the same time, it's kind of the only spot I got unless I put it up front of the kayak and then I'd have to kind of like shimmy up to the front of it. And then the stability is probably,
1: I don't know, it's
0: stuff I've been like in the design process, you know, sitting there and <laughs> it's its like uh, when I was doing my boat. You know, you you sit and you just, you stare at stuff, you know, for hours. People don't understand. It's like just the concept and the design that goes into things. Um, Same thing with the jet sled. You know, I probably, I would stare at that thing for hours. But technically, I'd be working on it. (laughs) Because, you know, it's like I said last podcast. I don't want to just start punching holes in this thing and then be like, eh, it's probably shouldn't have done that. But getting really close to uh finalizing where I wanna put it and uh it should be really cool. Def I definitely have like I said the uh, design for the bucket, the um the aerator for the, the bait. So I just gotta really do a little bit more assessing of it and I should be I'm hoping within the next couple of weeks, um, getting down to it and putting a video out there on YouTube because, uh, I'm Jones and, you know, I was thinking about even kayak fishing right now. It's like, (laughs) I walked out there today, you're looking at all the snow and it's like the kayak right now, man, is so far off my radar. (laughs) It is ridiculous. I mean, it's just insane. But I can't wait to get out there striper fishing tomorrow, man, and if like I said, if I catch a catfish, I'll be happy. but in the meantime, I gotta get you know get 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 on that kayak. well, guys, you know what? It's getting late here. um I will be back. Thanks for joining me, like I said, it's much appreciated, man, to see all these different cities and the countries that everybody's been listening to um and you know dallas even you know hit me up for a couple podcasts in a row now really psyched tell your friends about it man also hit me up on instagram and facebook appalachian timber ghost outdoor adventures you know i'll add you build the community man i was just thinking about that today you know you got to build the community Because if we're not, you know, talking to each other and learning from each other, our fun could be uh, in jeopardy. So, the the love of our life. (laughs) So, alright guys, thanks a lot. Talk to you next time. Peace out. This episode of Appalachian Timber Ghost Outdoor Adventures podcast is brought to you by Wild Kingdom Soap. Check us out on Facebook and Instagram.